Let me ask you this question as we start. What most easily distracts you? What most easily distracts you? My phone. Someone said my phone. Survey says, that's the number one answer, Family Feud, sorry. But yeah, what most easily distracts you? Anybody else? Kids? (laughs) Okay. Another question. What do you hear when you listen? Trick question. What do you hear when you listen? It's an important question, right? We can listen, but we might not be hearing. We can hear. Maybe we're not listening. Once, several years ago, I was telling my wife that I felt like I wasn't hearing like everything properly that I wanted to hear. I, I found like I was saying what a lot, like what, what, you know, kind of asking people to repeat things and stuff like that. So I set this whole appointment up. I think it was at St. Mary's Hospital for um, a hearing test. I've never done that. So we set, I set this up and went to St. Mary's Hospital and did this hearing test and, and walked through the procedures. They put me in this booth and they told me to, you know, like listen for these sounds and press these buttons when I heard these sounds. Long story short, went through this whole process and uh, I come out of the booth and sit down with the doctor. And I said, so what's, what's the verdict? And she says, you, sir, you have extraordinary hearing. You've, you've, heard, like, you've heard certain sounds that the average people that come in don't always hear. And like, you know, musical tones and this and like where they're coming from. I said, okay, but why, what's, what's wrong with me? And she said, well, you just, you have selective hearing. And I, <laughs> I'm like, oh gosh, that was really bad. So basically what she was telling me is that my hearing's fine, but I'm not paying attention I'm not really listening for uh, what's in front of me or what's happening. You know, our ability to hear, our ability to listen affects most of our life. Think about that. It affects our decisions. If we're, if we're, you know, if we're making a decision for something, are we really absorbing the, the information properly? It affects our relationships. It affects our careers. It affects our faith. The, our ability to hear, our ability to listen pay attention, be attentive, it affects so many parts of our lives. And I want to start off this morning just with this phrase uh, to help us kind of kick this off. It's on the screen and it's this, that our activity comes out of our attentiveness. Our activity comes out of our attentiveness. What I mean is we can be active without being attentive, that's for sure. But the, 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 um, the extent that we're attentive will influence our activity, the choices we make, the decisions, the intentions, our reactions to things. So I want you to think about that. Our activity comes out of our attentiveness. And I want to start today, and I think it's a great way to, to slowly jump into the summer to learn what it means to be attentive. Uh, because there's so much that we want to often get out of life, get out of our faith, uh, get out of our summer. And maybe we're, sometimes we just lack the attention span um, to really discern uh, what's important for us. I want to, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse uh, 22, tw- sorry, 38. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It's such a great scene out of Jesus' life. Luke, uh, the historical writer, gives us this, this uh, moment in Jesus' life as he tells us the story of Jesus. And uh, it's amazing where it fits in into chapter 10 and 11. But uh, we're just going to focus on, um, on these few verses this morning. And uh, listen, to, uh, listen to it as, as Luke 
describes this scene this day. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, uh, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But, Mary was, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is a short scene here. Let's just pray. Father, as we jump into this text, this, this moment in, in um, Christ's life, um, would you open up our hearts and our minds um, to the work of your spirit right now. Help us to pay attention. Help us to hear. Help us to listen. Help me to also pay attention to what you're doing in this moment and respond. Uh, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I mean, this is a little bit of a spontaneous event because Jesus and his disciples are on journey and they happen to stumble upon this home. Uh, it doesn't seem like, like uh, Martha's home is completely unfamiliar to them because it seems that in their conversation, Martha and Mary at least know something about Jesus. But it seems like the actual event happening, this welcoming hospitality on their journey, uh, seemed to have come at a great time for Jesus and his disciples. These women, like I said, didn't seem like complete strangers to Jesus, but they were hoping to host Jesus and his disciples for this meal, for this time together. But something radical jumps out to Luke as he's telling us this story, as he's sharing the story of Jesus with us through his gospel, something radical jumps out to him. You know, Luke's this historical journalist in a sense, and, and he loves, um, you know, he, he, you can tell the way he writes. And when he puts something in, uh, in his gospel, there's, there's purpose around it. And we get this scene of Martha and Mary, these two sisters, Martha seems to be the, the homeowner or at least the person who decided to host. She's busy preparing a meal. She's busy making preparations for these new hosts she had. And it's a very important task, right? I mean, preparing for people, making sure your, your house is kind of ready, uh, having food ready. And in that culture especially, it would have been something very valuable um, to host well. But here we find Martha getting really busy with all these preparations, getting so preoccupied with the tasks, and, and Mary doing something completely different. Verse 39, it says, Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. He's, he, she's sitting at Jesus' feet. Th- this one act describes so much about this story. This one act describes so much about Martha and Mary. And it tells us something about what Jesus values as well. You know, sometimes people try and um, put in competition activity and attentiveness. They're both important. I mean, it's important to be active and it's important to be reflective. They're not at opposites. But it seems that something's going on in this story where one is in competition with the other. Now, first century, Martha being in the kitchen, some of you women are going to freak out at me, but in, in first century, uh, it seemed to be a normal thing where, where women were preparing uh, meals, where, where, where women were in, in the kitchen. Now, Mary's decision is not so normal for that culture. It's interesting because something radical takes place, and I think Luke wants us to show, show something to us that this story is more radical than we can even fathom. It's not just about listening. 
But it's about two radical things. One is a radical position. Mary takes this radical position that in that culture, at least maybe in that moment, a woman might not have taken. And she was sitting, listening to the men speaking. She, she makes a radical move in that culture. To, to be, like normally in, in, in that time frame, often, um, of course, women and men interacted in the home. But when there was guests, there was often, it was just kind of a known thing where men hung out, where women hung out. And it, it's interesting that Mary pushes through that and she spends time with Jesus and his disciples. That's a radical position that she takes. There's a radical posture that she takes too. She actually comes and sits at Jesus' feet and wants to listen to him. So she, she puts herself in a radical position for that culture. And she puts herself in a radical posture, this posture of listening, where in some sense we get from Martha what she should have been or could have been doing was not listening but doing work. But you get Mary's motivation here. Mary's motivation is Jesus. She is anxious and longing to hear from Jesus. Now, some people think like, you know, sitting at Jesus' feet in that moment might be like, a, like something like of adoration or something like that, like an affectionate posture, like sitting up and saying, oh, Jesus, I love you, you know, type of thing. Um, kind of like, oh, Jesus, I could look at you forever. No, it's not like that. You know, some of our, our worship songs talk like that, but, but worship is not this kind of, ador- like this love type of song, intimate love song stuff. And I don't think that's what Mary's doing. I think she is taking a posture of learning. She is sitting at Jesus' feet as if he is a teacher, a rabbi. And it's this metaphor for a student who wants to learn from their rabbi. We get this phrase. Paul, it tells us, the Apostle Paul in, the, in, in his letter says that, or in the book of Acts, tells us that he sat at Gamaliel's feet. Gamaliel was a teacher of the time. And Paul, that phrase, sat at his feet, was a phrase that meant he was learning from Gamaliel. He wanted to absorb everything this teacher could give him because he wanted to learn and grow and he wanted to pass this information on. And it seems like Mary takes this position. Her motivation is to learn as much as she can from Jesus, to learn from Jesus, to listen to Jesus, to get everything she can from Jesus, to follow him and to eventually share his message. And that was pretty radical for her at the time. But she was persistent. So she broke through these two barriers. I love this. And, you know, sometimes we talk about breaking through barriers in our world and in our culture. Mary breaks through these barriers. She breaks through a cultural barrier, a really male-oriented culture, and where men learned and men discussed and men passed religious information on to next generations. But she is determined to sit at Jesus' feet and be a learner and be a student. Say, I'm going to learn this. I want to understand this. And then she also passes a chaotic barrier. It's a busy moment. How many times does it happen to you? Where like, I mean, I mean it happens uh, to me often where it's like all this stuff has to get done and, 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 and yet there's this desire to just, hey, but I need to be with this person or I want to be with this person. There's this sense that Mary kind of breaks through that and she just sits there. She just sits there. Of course, there's a time for everything, Right? There's a time to work, there's a time to rest, there's a time to prepare, there's a time to enjoy, right? There's a time to cut your grass and there's a time to host people on your grass, right? Um, it would be awkward if you invite people over and you say, just wait a second, I'm going to cut the grass before, before you sit, you know? Why didn't you do that yesterday, right? 
But it would, it would also be awkward if like you didn't cut the grass and they were kind of sitting in f- seven inches of grass, right? Like, well, why did, you know, well, I just was thinking of you. Well, if you thought of me, you should have cut the grass, right? Like it's, it's kind of like back and forth, right? There's a time for everything. But this was Mary's chance. The chaos wouldn't stop her. And I love what happens here because Jesus affirms her decision. Jesus affirms her decision her right to learn, her right to listen, her desire to pay attention to him, he affirms that. He uses the word better. It's later on in the verse, and it, it says, Jesus says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. He, he's not, again, like in the scheme of life, saying that we should never be active and we should only be attentive. But in this moment, in, in Mary's pursuit, in Mary's desire, Jesus is acknowledging, he's affirming, Mary, you have done what is better here. You have become attentive. And, and, and what Mary did was she sat at Jesus' feet, and I love the word, and I hope it jumps out at you as it jumped out to me. It's the word listen. That Mary sat at his feet and listened to Jesus. Just think about that word for a second. She listened to Jesus. I, I could go to the, even the next thought in my brain and not pause enough to just acknowledge that listening is such a vital, slow, paced out process, right? To listen. The word listen comes up in the Gospels in reference to Jesus many times. The first glimpse of it we see is Jesus, 12-year-old kid. They don't know where he is. His parents are frantic. Where did Jesus go? They find him in the temple. What's he doing? He's listening to the scribes. He's listening to the teachers. He's found listening and asking questions. Jesus is exploring. He's, He's absorbing. He's open with his ability to learn. And the word that's used there is his desire to listen and ask questions. You know, it's interesting. If you read through the Gospels and you, you read some of the parables, like Jesus shares these parables asking, what's the kingdom like? What's God's kingdom like? And Jesus often shares a story. Sure, a story of a mustard seed plant, a story of weeds and wheat growing, uh, a story of, of someone who would cast out seeds onto the ground and, and hope that those seeds grow. And often the word that Jesus used before he, he ever shared the story was he would often say, listen. That's the word he would use. Listen. I'm going to tell you something important. Listen. Pay attention. And he would preempt or prerequisite to absorbing this truth was, before I share this important parable, listen. Don't just let it pass by. Listen. Pay attention. There's a verse in in Luke 18, and sometimes you can read through a chapter and miss, uh, miss just a few phrases that are so central to how we pursue faith, how we pursue life. And, and Jesus is talking about several things in Luke chapter eight eighteen. But then this one phrase comes out and it says, consider carefully how you will listen. Consider carefully how you will listen. You know, I bet you if you read Luke 8, Luke 8 you might just read right through it and skip those five words. Several weeks back as I was reading through that chapter for, for um, just kind of reading through it, And then all of a sudden, I just went back. I'm like, what? Wait a second. Consider carefully how to listen. Like, so there's an art to this. There's an importance to this. It's not just like, oh, just, you know, just give me all the information. Consider carefully how you will listen. So it doesn't doesn't merely mean just listen, but be serious 
how you'll listen. Understand the power of your listening. Be intentional with the way you listen. Listen well. Another word that goes hand in hand with listen in the Gospels is understand. And Jesus was often used this word, listen and understand. And I think there's one key area where we hear the word listen in the Gospels, and it's when God's voice breaks through this moment where just three of Jesus' disciples are around him. It's called the, the, the moment of transfiguration. And God's voice breaks through their reality. And this is what God says. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And then what does God say? He says, listen to him. This is my son. Listen to him. Listen to him. It's connected to a, bi- a bigger biblical story. Right from the beginning pages of the scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 6, when Moses was talking to Israel, he says, hear, O Israel. It's the word Shema, the word hear, the word to listen. Hear, O Israel. God is one. And then he says one of the most important phrases in all of Jewish writing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Hear, listen. It it seems that A life of faith, a life of learning, a life of growth, a life of transformation, a life of meaning and purpose cannot be attained without listening. Listen to what Leighton Ford says. Um, You can read it off the screen. I, I love this phrase. He says, each of us is called to a life patterned by Christ, a life not shaped by inner compulsions or captive to outer expectations, but drawn to the inner voice of love. In other words, we cannot grow into a life patterned by Christ if our life is is just shaped by inner compulsions. Just every little thought that comes to mind or outer compulsions or outer expectations, every expectation that come against us, but instead we grow and are patterned into Christ-likeness when we're drawn by the inner voice, God's inner voice of love. And, and I, I wrote this because I think if there's a phrase you can remember, it's this. It's new living comes out of new learning. We will never live new lives if we don't have new learning. And here's Mary, I think. That's why Mary sat at Jesus' feet. Because she's like, I want to this life. And I can only have this life if I have this new learning. And I can only learn this if I sit and listen to Jesus. New living comes out of new learning. And learning comes from listening. And I think Mary knew she could not live this new life that Jesus was offering, this message he was preaching, these ideas about God's kingdom, without slowing down enough, pausing enough to just listen to Jesus. And so I think, and I reflect on my life, life without attentiveness can be fruitless. Life without attentiveness, it's chaos without connection. It's movement without meaning. It's activity without impact. So let me ask you this, and I ask myself this honestly to myself as well. How many of us are truly living the life Jesus has intended for us? And how many of us aren't because we're not listening? Because we're not learning to listen and be attentive to him? Think about that for a second. How many of us aren't living the life God calls for us, the life God intends for us, because we're just not listening to him enough? Or we're not pausing enough to listen. So I want to just like, share some barriers. And I think they're, they're, they're both fun and interesting barriers. Because we see it in the story, right? Martha, she was, set, she was distracted with all these things. Important things, but still distracted. And Jesus says, hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe you did too much. Maybe you were worried a little bit too much. Maybe you were caught up with too many things. 
And I think Mary, in a sense, broke through certain barriers so she could listen more. But what does that mean for us? What does that mean for you? What does that mean today in our culture? So I think there's a few barriers I want to walk through, and it's really simple. The first one is the information barrier. There is this information barrier that we have to pass in our culture. I have this, you know, I don't know if you ever did the strengths finder test, and I did mine, and one of my strengths is, now I'm not boasting here, I'll tell you why in a second, it's the, it's the strength of intellect. doesn't mean I'm smart, it means I like to read a lot of information. It means like anywhere there's information, I want to read it. That's the, the strength of intellect. So it doesn't mean I'm smart. It just means I'm drawn to more information. So really it means nothing, like practically, unless I use it well, right? And so I think there's this information barrier in our culture. It's crazy how much information we have at our fingertips. And I take out, you know, you take out your phone, and, and now many phones have the news app, you know, and you just kind of swipe to the side if you have an iPhone, and all of a sudden I get, like, all this news, And then I click it, and then there's more news, and then there's more links, and it'll take me to the Huffington Post, and the Globe and Mail, and the New York Times, and the Washington Post, and CNN, and, uh, and um, you know, the Wall Street Journal, and The Economist, and Buzz, and all this kind of stuff, right? And Vice, and uh, so, many, so many things, right? So it's like, it's at my fingertips. I swear, if I open my news app, I can sit there for 40 minutes just reading Article to article. I think the most, the, the, the most humorous and, and like pointed way that we see like the information barrier in our culture is just this. Did you guys, this was big news this week, right? This word, right? I'm not, and I'm not mocking uh, the president in any way, but this, this word like hit the news for like till today. And I want you to notice something. He tweeted this at 12.06 a.m. on the eastern coast. 12.06 a.m., when most people tend to be sleeping. But within six hours, millions and millions of people retweeted and commented and liked or disliked or posted videos or within an hour created like, uh, you know, like kind of YouTube stuff and everything. Within six, by six in the morning, while on the eastern coast, when we all should be sleeping, right? It was crazy, You know, he was, he, it was a typo, right? I think it was meant to be coverage. And now every news outlet is immersed in it. This is like just stupid information, right? It really means nothing, but it, it, it detours us from listening. Um, this next picture is a little bit more serious. This is South Sudan. And uh, CBC News recently um, did a great article on why journalism is important and why we need to really seek out uh, what's going on in our world so we can inform one another. And I remember reading a line, and, and again, this is not, I'm, I'm not being political here in terms of like political parties or, you know, Canada or the States, but this one line came out, and, and uh, I think Peter Mansbridge said this. He said, you know, when everyone is covering Trump's next move, We wanted to send journalists to South Sudan. And he said, because we wanted to make sure that the people, that our people knew what was going on in South Sudan. What was he saying? He was saying, there's all this information here. And it's a barrier to us because we're missing out some of this key information, right? That's, we have to figure out how to, how to break through the information barrier if we want to learn how to listen. This other, this other barrier is the busyness barrier. 
we somehow have to figure out how to pass through, break through the busyness barrier if we want to learn how to listen. I, you know, I think anytime somebody asks a question, how are you doing this week? Oh, I've been pretty busy, <laughs> right? Just today on the radio, CJD, someone was asking one of the other commentators, you know, the guy who was hosting to someone else, how's your week been? Oh, it was really, really busy, but... And this, that's what the guy said on radio. And, and I catch myself saying that. And often there's this, how many times have you said, oh, I missed that, I was too busy? Oh, I, I didn't pay attention to that, I was too busy. Or I forgot, I can't remember that happened. What were we doing in that season? Or, what, and then, or someone from your family says, remember when we did this, this, and that? And you're like, I, don't, I can't remember, I don't remember. What were you thinking when that was happening, right? I think there's this idea of what it means to be too busy, Sometimes you're like, you have too much on your mind to engage the information because your, your mind and your life is just too busy. And we catch this in this story. Jesus is saying, you need to break through the busyness barrier if you're going to learn how to listen. I think the last one is the distraction barrier. They're all the distractions, but distraction barrier. Some of us are different in these things. Like when Frank and I go shopping, when my, when my wife and I walk through a mall, my wife is determined. If she has to buy one thing, She's like, let's go to the store, let's buy it, and let's leave. But from when we walk into the mall to when we get to the store, I've seen five stores. And I'm like, oh, let's check that out. Or let's check that out. Or, or I walk into a store, and I really don't have the money at the moment to buy certain things. And I'm like, oh, I'll just try that on. Why not? Let me just try it on, you know? And so there's a very, really big difference. Like, my wife is very focused, and I get very distracted. And, uh, and then it's like, we wasted 30 minutes, and she could have been out in five that's just our natures. I'm just being really honest. Maybe some of you guys are like that. So focused, and I'm like the rabbit trail person. And, and that's, what, that's what I remember when I was younger. My, my sister, when I was uh, late teens or something, um, or a young adult, she gave me this gift for Christmas. It was a magnet, and it said Dave's World on it. <laughs> she gave me that magnet to put on my, to remind me, Dave, sometimes you're in a completely other world. This idea of being distracted. And some people diagnose me as ADD, but I don't know, whatever. The point is, let me just focus here for a second. Just joking. Um, The point is, we need to pass the distraction barrier if we want to learn how to listen. I did some research on on social media. And just on Facebook, there's one point, almost 7 billion users on Facebook. 1.7 1.7 billion. And 50% of 18 to 24-year-olds go on Facebook immediately when they wake up. And that would include probably a bunch of other ages as well. As soon as they wake up. The average time spent on Facebook, this is from December, so maybe it's changed. The average time spent on Facebook per visit is 20 minutes. Per visit. So I don't know how many times you visit in a day. But the average visit on Facebook is 20 minutes. And the average person spends 50 minutes a day on one of Facebook's platforms. The average 1.7 billion people spend... So imagine, that's 1.7 billion hours a day, collectively, spent on social media. I'm not telling you this in a... In a, in a like, like, I'm not talking down to you because I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the middle of the mess, right? I'm in the middle of that orbit, But it was just shocking. It's almost an hour a day, more than any other leisure activity researched, except TV, which is two and a half hours. It's more than reading sports and social connections combined. And we spend almost as much time eating and drinking in a day that we do on Facebook or social media. Isn't that crazy? Imagine what would happen 
if we broke through the information distraction barrier and said, what could I do with that hour? What could I do with that time? What could I do with that focus? So today, it was really kind of getting our feet wet into, into how can we grow in, li- in becoming a listener? And I just want to end with this question. I'm going to ask the team to come up because we want to end with a, a moment of worship and communion today to help us um, close in a thoughtful way. But here's, here's the question. What if, what if, I asked this question to myself. What have I missed over the years because I wasn't paying attention? You ever think about that? What have I missed over the years because I wasn't paying attention? What have I missed where it was right in front of me and the people in front of me, in my marriage, in my family, in ministry, on my street? Um, what have I missed over the years because I wasn't paying attention? What are you missing because you're, you're not paying attention? Because you're not listening? Have you missed some deeper relationships because you haven't been listening? Have you missed an urgent need that was right in front of you because you weren't attentive? Have you missed the next step in your development, in your career? Have you missed a divine appointment or a divine direction or prompting from God? Have you missed that? Imagine if Mary would have just in that moment said, you know what, I'm not going to stop and listen. What would she have missed if she didn't stop and sit at Jesus' feet, if she didn't stop and just paid attention. Ultimately, are we committed to listening to Jesus? That's the heartbeat of the story. Are we committed to listening to Jesus? So I have some homework for you, all right? We're going to end with homework today. So it, it's going to feel, you know, we're going to just walk through. So, so I want to put, put this on the screen, okay? So, so because here's the deal. I mean, honestly, I mean, you've been listening to me, but that's not really who you have to listen to all week. You have to pause, get slow, and start learning and growing. And I need to learn and grow in terms of what it means to listen to the Lord. So here's, here's what we can do. Because just listening to someone talk is not really changing us. But I think if we take a step further, it'll exponentially change what God is doing in your life today. So this week, if you just take these verses, Luke 10, 38 to 42, and you just reflect on them and ask yourself, where do I fit in the story? Who am, I, who am I more like, Martha or Mary? What do I wrestle with? And just reflect on that this week. We have this, by the way, up on our podcasts. You can download it from iTunes and on our website as well, all the slides from a, from a message. But we can post it on Facebook today as well. Sorry, we can post it on... <laughs> sorry, but just go for a minute, okay? Go for a minute and then download. <laughs> okay, so here, here's the deal. See, we li- we li- we're, we're in the system, we're fried. Um, log, log what distracts you and what you listen to. Just this week, just keep a piece of paper or on your phone or something on your computer. Again, we're in the system, but you know, live within it, but try and be out of it. Okay, here we go. So log what distracts you. Literally, just think about what distracts me. Where, where is my lost time, my lost you know, mental focus, my lost emotional focus? What distracts you? And then ask, what do you listen to? Honestly, track, like, how many hours of that show on Netflix have you watched all week? How many, how many minutes? Like, what have you been listening to? And maybe there's a bit of overlap between what distracts you and what you've been listening to. But literally log, what have I listened to this week? Imagine at the end of the week, you're like, you, you say, wow, I've, I finished a season of whatever show. Imagine you would, that's like 
13 or 26. But just, but just to be honest, just say, oh, wow, that's what I did. That's what I listened to. I spend X amount of time on the news sites or whatever. So log what distracts you, what you listen to. Second, practice five minutes of silence every day. Five minutes of silence every day. And trust that the Lord is present with you. And, and you don't, it's not about what I say or what I do. It's about being silent. And, and here are these two phrases that maybe will help you as you're silent. And it's these, this phrase, just simple. Jesus, still me. Jesus, would you still me? Would you help me to be quiet? And then ask this question at the end of your silence. Lord, what am I missing? What, am I, what have I missed? What am I missing? What's right in front of me? So Jesus still me, kind of use that as a phrase to help you get rooted in your silence. And Lord, what am I missing? And I encourage you, when you do this, do, like, put a timer on. I'm telling you, because if you don't put a timer on, all you're going to do is look at your watch. All you're going to do is look at your phone. So put a timer on somewhere that you don't, you don't need to touch it. And then just trust that the timer will go off. You might decide to go longer. That's okay. But once five minutes are up, it's okay. Stop. And then lastly, I would encourage you out of that, just maybe see, see what comes out as a prayer and, ask, and begin to talk to the Lord. I love the fact that Luke 10, right after verse 38 to 42 is Luke 11. And after this, this scene that Luke gives us, he tells us, hey, one day Jesus was praying and his disciples said, Jesus, can you teach me how to pray? I don't know, I don't know how connected they are, but in our New Testament they are. And I think it's a beautiful transition. Learn how to be attentive. Oh, Jesus, would you teach me how to pray? It's a beautiful thing. And so I'm going to ask you to do that uh, this week, and I promise to do it as well. And, and let's see how we, how we go. There's no shame. There's, you know, we, all put the, we all put the honesty hat on, okay? We all put the, hey, everybody, whatever. And so, but I think it'd be great. Would you get you in with me? We're good? Because I could say more, but then it's no point. I think it's just better we do this, right? And allow God to work in that. Awesome. Let us, uh, we're going to transition. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to move into this moment of, uh, of communion together. I think a great way to practice um, just the art of listening today. Bless you, Jesus. Why don't you guys stand with me as I pray? You guys can start into the next song. Lord. Yeah, Jesus, would you still us right now? Maybe just say that to him right now. Practice this for 30 seconds. Jesus, still me. Jesus, still me. Jesus, quiet my heart. Quiet my mind. Help me to be still. Lord, thank you for the affirmation in this day of Jesus' life. This affirmation to listen. This acknowledgement to pay attention. This call and invitation to hear your voice. 
God, I know we're all wired differently. Some of us are more active. Some of us are more contemplative. But Lord, I know that you long for us to hear you well, to listen well, to be discerning of our environment, of our life, and then also and particularly to be discerning of your voice in our lives. Help us to be still and to listen for you. Oh God, grow that in us so much that even in the loudest room, we would be able to listen for your voice. That even in the loudest intersection in the city, we would be able to discern your prompting. Oh God, help us in these practices as we practice them in silence and grow in this. Lord, that even in the, in the, in the chaos of life, we will grow to become the kind of people that can pause and stop and be so attentive to your voice and be so attentive to, the, to our surroundings that our activity will grow in fruitfulness and joy and meaning and impact. Oh God, that's our desire. In this sense, we want to be like Mary. God, as we this week uh, move into these moments of silence, moments of just auditing our life, our distractions and what we listen to and Lord, we ask your Holy Spirit to help us. God, captivate our minds and our hearts in this. May we be hearing your voice this week. May we be close, discerning your voice in our lives, God. Even as we share meals with others this week, may we we be reminded of the relationship we have with you. God, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.